Hello, friends, and welcome to episode seven of Healing the Divide. I am so grateful to be sitting down today with Noah Kamrat Pundak um, to speak to us about life in Israel, the Israel-Palestine conflict, um, what's happening in the Middle East, and uh, Noah's joining us from Israel today and really just hoping to get uh, a a deeper sense of um, not only the political and philosophical issues, but really being a human being, um, living a day-to-day life amidst um, what's going on in that area of the world. And so just to offer a um, introduction and a little bit of background about Noah. Um, so so Noah Kamrat Kundak was born and raised in Israel um, and grew up in the picturesque north of the country. She's an accomplished organizational consultant and yoga teacher with a rich background in psychodynamic and systemic organizational consultation and group facilitation. And during the last two years, she's been working with IDF soldiers, focusing on emotional resilience, trauma prevention, and PTSD management. In the past month, she has been facilitating groups of soldiers returning home from combat zones, helping them process their personal and team experiences to prevent and identify trauma. Recently, Noah came um, back to South Florida, where I live, uh, with her children from Israel. Um, She was on a relocation period for a while in Jupiter, Florida, going back uh, a few years where she did her yoga teacher training with me. And that's how we met. Um, so it's, um, it's really an honor to, to pick up this conversation, to connect in friendship and in curiosity um, in connection around the healing tools that we find through yoga and see how they're showing up in different environments. Um, today, we're going to talk about her personal experience within the traumatic context following the events of October 7th. So Noah, thank you so, so much for your amenability just to to being here today and being in this conversation amidst all that's happening where you are. To take the time for this means so, so much to me. And I know that all of our listeners will be grateful to, to have a different perspective than the one that comes through turning on the your chosen propaganda network on on the screen and really speaking to a human being that um is not only living amidst it but and in as the name of the podcast suggests healing the divide it, you are at ground zero bringing healing tools directly to combat and people who have been engaged in combat while simultaneously living through the experience yourself, having family members that are directly impacted, stretching to really capacities I can imagine. And and so for you to stretch even further to say yes to this conversation, to create the time, but also the space energetically amidst what you're processing. Um, I, I really don't have words, just so much love and so much gratitude. So uh, thank you. And Welcome. Thank you. It's a a pleasure to be here with you. Um, I was wondering where to sit. Um, My instinct was to sit outside 
um, to show you the nature that do not feel anything of it. It's so beautiful outside today. But um, I felt that I need a space which will be a container for me mm. by speaking. So I need maybe, after thinking about it again, need a small space. Um, I'm here in the shelter, by the way. Mm. But uh, so it's very small, but I feel that I need a container right now. And I think this is the really the maybe the first thing um, people need <laughs> here, especially now. And uh, so just to share this with you for for start. I feel like there's so much in even symbolically. So the literal physical container that we need to stay safe and then the emotional container of how we carry what we're moving through. And this is some of the content I'd love to get into. And as it pertains to the larger conflict, I want to share with our listeners, I I recognize the sensitivity of this subject matter. Um, My intention is to tread lightly and considerately. I want to um, honor boundaries and sensitivities that I'm, I, and, and the recognition that there might be things because I'm culturally removed from this that I might not have awareness around. Mm-hmm. And so I, I enter into this conversation, um, obviously with the two of us asking and already having received consent, but I want to uh, further acknowledge that, that if there's anything that, that we touch upon that just doesn't feel like an area you want to enter into, please know I deeply respect and honor you and the boundaries that you need to, to be where you are in your own process. Um, Thank you so much for that. I appreciate that. Absolutely. And and I want ultimately in episodes, I want to hear from people in all different sides of what's Mm -hmm. happening and try to make sense. But I think that's so important. So we'll be doing more podcasts that are about this topic and other global conflicts and, really trying to understand them from the human level. And mm-hmm. and so, no, I really wanted to start there. I know that this conflict is did not begin on October 7th, that this is generations um, old and, and really in the last <clears throat> you know, 75 years. And then there's been various, you know, benchmarks along the way, inflection points, we could say, um, beyond the sort of, larger geopolitical perspectives, I would love to just glean an understanding of the human experience in the day-to-day life. um, And maybe pre, if we were to take in the most recent context, October 7th, from the Israeli side, for somebody that is in the healing community, working with IDF soldiers pre and post 10-7, what is your experience like, uh, what are you moving through right now? What was it like on the lead up? How have the last few months been for you and, and for your family? Well, um, I'm in the trauma right now. Not, It's very difficult for me to analyze it from, because I have no perspective or enough perspective. So I cannot zoom out yet but I feel the trauma in the body in in my heart it's so it's painful it's it's always pain and I see pain around mm. uh, from both sides by the way but um, 
I see it's very close. It's not like theoretically or something that you read on the news. It's here around people that I know. Um, they didn't come back, which is crazy. Um, I, I want to explain to you something about the complex situation, the complex uh, reality that we live um, once... When you imagine the word soldier, it's like usually you imagine someone who chose this profession, who is to be in the military. In Israel, it's a duty. So all the people actually, one, once they are 18, need to go to the army. I, I was there uh, to all my brothers. So it's a duty, which is crazy. Okay, so we are, you know, people who, like me or friends who are so sensitive, so um, contained, and are must go to this context of army. And mm. by the way, it was very meaningful for me. I was a social worker in the um, in the army, and I remember even once I really I had always candies in my pockets. To, to give to children all wow. over. So I wanted to to be the good the good girl. <laughs> the wow. good one, sorry. So um um so this is one point. And here again, even now after you finish the army, girls do it for two years, guys for three years, and again it's a duty. After you finish high school, you go to I have a daughter now. She will be there in two months. She has to. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, I want, okay, I'll, I'll, she just told me two days ago, mommy, can you imagine that we are in a war? In a war, it's legitimate, right? To kidnap soldier or kill soldier. It's kind of legitimate. And I'm going to be this soldier. So, and I stand there, I, I didn't know what to tell her. Um, because, again, once you ha we have an image of a soldier, it's yeah. some, something um, really different from reality. So everything is combined here. So there are not borders. So um, people who, are, who used to live their normal life with their, their kids had to go and to the army and to do their service to the combat area and didn't come back. Some of them didn't come back. And it's so I feel that the context full of pain and it's it's hurtful. And you know some people and you feel, you know, um, 10 days after um, after October 7th, I, I was here by, by myself with the kids my husband was in Florida. Uh, he lived there for the Latin, uh, last two years. So we were kind of separate, not technically, yes, just technically. But he was not here. He, by the way, he flew in the same day on October 7th morning. Oh. I, I will maybe, maybe I'll describe it later. The, this scene of like a movie. But... Um, um, so, so I was here by myself, and I, I after a couple of alarms, and I, I had a, an anxiety attack, 
and I decided to go to Florida just to to breathe, to, to breathe literally. And um, and so, so I asked him to invite for us a ticket. I was in panic. Yeah, so I was in panic literally. And um, I forgot what I want to say. Sorry, Scott, you will. Um, uh, yeah, that's what I understand. In this kind of thing. Uh, so I, I couldn't breathe here. Um, this is the point. I really couldn't breathe, literally. I, I felt that I have responsibility to protect my kids. And there was such an uncertainty if we are safe here in our house. This was the shock. I think the real shock was that the people were in a, their house, the most protected um, place. Mm-hmm as you imagine it. And so I didn't know if we are safe here, if I can protect my kids, if someone will come. And this was the atmosphere. So it shake all your ground. It's, and uh, it's, it's so scared. (laughs) I was so scared. So this was the situation on October 7th. Oh, sorry, I, I, I know. We arrived to Florida. And people here were so um, in such a um, doing mode to put, to help, to do things, to like, wow, the community here was amazing. People just packed food and equipment to the soldiers and, and prepare many, many things. And uh, I called a friend from there, from Florida, and I told her, if you want me to support someone uh, emotionally, I can do it from Florida. I wouldn't do it from Israel right now because I cannot support anybody. I'm in such an anxiety, but in Florida, I feel protected. So let mm. me speak. And she said, there are so many mothers that are in panic attack to send their kids now to the army, to the combat area. Can you speak with them? So I find myself from Florida, from Jupiter, speaking with mothers who were, wow, in a panic attack and an anxiety attack too, um, and help to try to contain them. I didn't tell them that I'm not there, but I could do it. I felt that I did, I give them kind of container to this, Huge anxiety, and it's a tragedy again from both sides. But it's after in the end, it's young people who live their life with kids, with in their jobs, so they are living their normal life, and they get called to just to leave everything. And so this is the context, uh, which is so so everything is combined. No really brown boundaries here which make everything more complex and more emotional. Um, even now, I feel it in the body when I speak, literally. Mm-hmm. Like the body is shaking. I feel my heartbeat. It's, I'm still here. I'm still in the, in the event, in the trauma. It's happening still now. 136 people are not, just, are not at home, are in Gaza. And again, normal people, kids, families, brother, sister, mother, fathers that just kidnapped from their homes. 
And I must say something about those people specifically because um, the people who most of the people who were killed and, and who were kidnapped are from the kibbutzes, kibbutzes near near the border of Gaza. And they most of them were peace people, really a peace people from the left side uh, who like live the peace in their day-to-day life. They used to do so many gestures of peace actively, took people from Gaza to hospital in Israel and tried to give jobs to the people from Gaza to work together. And um, uh, really do active things to be together, to live in peace, to give messages of peace. And um, this was the shock for me, like those people who try so hard to fight for peace and demonstrate peace in the day-to-day life. They are the ones who were kidnapped. By the way, people from Gaza came with maps sometimes with the map of their place, with the houses and family names. And again, this was a shock for, again, as a peace person, it's it's a shock. Um, and the other people, the other group of people who hurted was the people in the party. Again, party of celebrating life, celebrating music. Like, I, I don't know, maybe it's a Burning Man style. Festival, mm-hmm. festival, mm-hmm. yeah. So um, um, this is the kind of people, very spiritual, just came to celebrate life, celebrate nature. It was in the desert uh, under the stars. It's very romantic and um, naive contexts. And uh, like in the same days, I felt that the pure evil which celebrates murder came to, to, to the pure, pure good in these two contexts of the kibbutzes and the group of these people who celebrate life. So, and it's again, shake my, we didn't understand yet in the beginning what's going on. So I just remember a shock and I text to a friend of mine who lived just nearby are you okay? And he said, no, we are not okay. This was at 8 in the morning, 8 a.m. And I asked him, what is going on? He said, it's crazy. Um, I have terrorists in my gardens. I, but again, I didn't capture yet. I didn't understand yet. The world ca- crazy cannot capture the situation. Like It was crazy. But I didn't realize yet what is going on. So... You asked me about the, um, the situation. It was a shock. It's still a shock. Um, there was a lot of uncertainty. Again, we live two and a half miles from, the, from um, the east border of Israel. It's, um, and um, I'm not sure if I'm safe here in my house. Um, <laughs> This is the feeling. It's it's not easy, and again, it's tragedy for all this area. I really I pray for peace for years. I fight for peace. I demonstrate for peace. I demonstrate for two 
two um, states for two people. And I really <laughs> try to promote it to be active. So mm -hmm. this is, um, I was broken. Um, like I had no words. And I think as a yoga teacher, I really felt the anxiety in the body so strong. It was like a tsunami. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. And in, in, again, from the inside out, the not only what's happening in the concrete sense, in the material sense, but what's happening internally and the proximity to such violence and the idea of sending our children towards oh. that. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I can't even, it, that's like, the, that's the red line, you know, that's like the, that's the one where it's like, <laughs> could, for what, you know, for, for whose battle you start, we say it's duty, but, but like, do we align with the intentions behind the policies between, you know, what's, what's really happening there. And, and so I, I want to unpack some of that, but I wanted to pause at the, the, the place where you shared when you came to Florida you had a greater sense of capacity to show up in service to these other moms who are actually in the same position that you're in with your daughter being so close. And it, 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 it's incomprehensible. So I guess I have two parts to the question. One, did you have to compartmentalize your personal uh, experience of being like, that's my situation as well uh, in order to draw upon this capacity or were you including yourself in those healing tools? And then part two to this question is what are the healing tools that actually offer benefit to a parent who is getting ready to send a child into this conflict um or to one whose child is there um you know uh, maybe we can put this into it i don't know if these are different tool sets but to people who are coming home soldier idf soldiers that are coming home or to maybe families who have you know family members that are hostages like um still of the 136 people there so what are these tools that you're drawing um, that, that are shown to be effective, even if in, obviously they're not changing the situation for the ones that are in it, but to give them the capacity to maybe be with it in a way that doesn't overwhelm and overrun their, their nervous mm -hmm. system. And um, so, yeah, I would love to hear, I think that would be really powerful to hear what exactly you're sharing. Right. I will start from the first part of your question about um, about the ground that we are in on. Sorry, um, I realized that you need a stable ground in order to support. You cannot support if you are shaking. <laughs> um, you can, but but it's very challenging, and I'm not sure it's effective. I couldn't do it from here. I needed to be in Florida and feel safe 
in order to be able to, to speak to parents and to listen, to really listen and to be with them and not with my fears and anxiety and shaking. So it, it was interesting to see it. I told, I called someone and I told her, try to, to refer me to many parents as you can one while I'm here in Florida. Um, and it's interesting to think about it, how you need, you know, in the airplane, they told you to, they tell you to, to put your mask first as a mother and then put it on your child's face. And it's so true. You cannot support anybody without oxygen, literally. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then maybe it's lead to the second uh, part of your question. Uh, how to support yourself first or how to give support to people who come back from combat area after experience, very tough thing. And, and first, I want to thank you again for the yoga gift, yoga teacher training gift. Thanks so much. It saved me. During this period of time, I try to do yoga, to practice yoga. It's like uh, um, it's my beginning of the day and my end of the day, and I'm trying to stick for it. It's it's so it's so important. It's so valuable for me, and it's saved me. Um, the breath. Is a great, great tool for me to come back to, to myself, to the body, even, even to the body. Usually we, we say to the soul, but here, literally to the body. Um, Absolutely. Yes. So I'm, I find myself, um, doing lots of breath work during this time. And I realized that the context here right now is so tough and hard. <laughs> If I need to find an image about, it's like an iron, the feeling. So, and I feel the space needs softness in so many ways. The body needs softness. The people here around need softness so many ways. blame feeling and shame feeling and confusion uncertainty um, and one I think an anxiety I know it's from my psychodynamic um, study when you are in an anxiety the tendency is to be polo- to, to polarize to do a binary to, to think binary good or bad. Mm-hmm. dark or light um, so and, and even this binary thinking is so tough is so not flexible so the tendency is to divide and split things into two and I feel that my mission here is to spread softness even you know people I listen now people t- uh, tend to speak to themselves. So um, in what the tough words with tough words and I'm trying to when I listen to this or when I hear it, I say please t- tell yourself nice things right now. 
You need this softness. Forgive yourself. And so this is just theoretically, maybe general. It's not a tool yet, but, but again, uh, I feel that the softness is so needed here. And mm-hmm. in, in this context of conflict, of war, by the way, the, even the world, the world war, uh, it's, it's crazy. Like, it's sometimes, you know, I heard, it, maybe it's the second time in my life that I'm in a war. Literally, I'm in a war environment, which is, I just, even the, the world war is so scary. It's, it, it's frightening. And it makes your body tough. So I feel on one hand, I need to spread softness, very like light of softness um, in the day-to-day life. But this is like very general. Uh, maybe I'll explain um, and I will talk about myself for a minute. Even with the softness, it's it's a tricky thing because even in yoga, I feel now that I speak in two different language, languages that do not always meet. One is the yoga language of connection, of um, softness and acceptance, and to listen to, to listen and observe the lesson in everything. Maybe there is a reason of for the thing, although they are so tough. And and to relax and to let go of defense um, mechanism, you know, to come back to the real true self. So to, to let go of things, this is one language. On the other hand, I feel that um, the other language is to function, a function language, functional language, to be active, to to be even activist in so many ways, to say things, to spread your messages, um, again actively, and to function, to function. You cannot just disconnect or yourself from reality, which I tempt. It's very tempting to. Again, I try not to see the news, TV, no tanks, as you say, so many propagandas and uh, information and mixture of facts and opinion and virtual things. And again, so you cannot, it's, it's a chaos. On the other hand, it's, I have no privilege to be disconnected. I feel that I have a role. I need to, to, to function and to, to do something actively. And first, it's different languages. Even in the yoga, once I'm trying to relax, I let myself relax in 75%, not more. I feel that I need the 25% of control to, to stay there in, in order to protect me. Otherwise, I can I can fall apart, and I'm not sure I will be able to gather it again. Mm. So I play within these two languages, and, and it's challenging. And sometimes there is contradiction between them. And and now I will think together with you about the tools that I try to share 
with maybe I will give you an example uh, of what I'm doing with the soldiers. People who sure, came before back- we go into um, the tools in the yeah. in the specificity, um, I'd love to pause and um, just share maybe some thoughts on 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 what you just spoke to. Uh, mm-hmm. And this, it, it's interesting that the, to, to go back to the context of when we're in a state of trauma, the brain doesn't have the capacity to hold the nuance. And mm-hmm. so we go binary and then from the binary, everything starts to split. This is the good, the evil, the right, the wrong, um, the, this or that. And then, um, it was interesting to hear you describe these two different sort of functions. One um, that was sort of the drawing out of the materialism and into the deeper nature of self. And the, you described it as the softness, the connection, the observing, the truth, et cetera. Um, and giving like, you know, got about 75% or so to that part. And then this other side that's like the more engaged, um, active to activist, the functional that is in service of protection. And that was like your 25. And um, I was thinking like for this would just be fun to unpack because I think I hold it a little bit differently and I would be, in, in, I would be interested in exploring that together and in, in service of everybody that might be listening um, I see that bifurcation as the binary and that the, that the yoga isn't just the, the softness, the what's behind the materialism, but the actual, the actual yoking of how we can hold both and not even see them really as both, which implies plurality, but one conduit, one spectrum, and then to find non-antithetical opposites where they're, where they appear and most powerfully where they appear to be at odds with one another to see and, and search for, first of all, like safe ground, like you said, so that we can create container and then within container, apply the tools that we'll get to in a moment. Um, But that way, it's not a back and forth either or the unmanifest and the manifest, but really like um, to come into the deeper relationship with what is true so that I can live in an engaged and active active way from that truth and as that truth and I can see you as that truth and maybe that's the consciousness that is missing in this conflict in so many ways because once we start separating into factions then we're operating under the fundamental premise of separation which is the misperception that drives the identities into these polarizing spaces, which makes it easier to justify violence and, and, and continue to foment it. And so to the degree that we can actually 
ground our nervous systems. I think when we get into tools, we'll see a lot of this isn't about philosophical reframing and mindset shifts. These are helpful things for us to talk about in moments when capacity is available to us. But because trauma is first off generational, right? Like we're, we're inheriting so much by what type of environment we're in, what the beliefs of our home and our culture and our country and the energy that lives in these spaces. And then that's like less about even the experience and more about the imprint of the experience upon our nervous systems. So to be able to not bypass as in to exclude the mind, but the the necessary first step of coming to the body through, like you said, the breath and, and also just physical things we can get into somatic practices that can regulate the nervous system, things like polyvagal theory and exercises that can restore um, ventral vagal functioning in their nervous system. So we can, like you said, literally breathe again. And then from that more regulated space, start to assess the situations with greater clarity, whether that's it, intrapersonal, interpersonal, collective, at whatever cultural you know lens we want to bring it to. And then we can start to go, well, what does my activism look like? So now my engagement isn't just like a reactive protection energy, although that might be very necessary at times, like when what you described with the, your friend and Harris is in my garden. And um, so by no means do I, am I trying to bypass that? Um, but when we are able to be safe physically in the physical sense, can we then ground our nervous systems and then start to go, well, what can we do about this? And I see you being here on this call today as that, I see you coming to Florida in order to more deeply serve your community um, as that. And it seems to me that it's not a, I did it and now I'm done and I'm off to the next thing. Like it's these chronological steps and it's this sort of moment by moment dance that we're in that implores us to really be present and in devotion to the state of our own and each other's nervous systems and when we're able to do that and we have access to tools, then we can have ultimately access to capacity. And when we have access to capacity, we can have access to connection. And if we can have access to connection, maybe then we can have access to real genuine shifts in the physical material condition that we're sharing together as humans Thank you for for saying that. It's so true. And um, again, I'm in this situation, probably even my thinking is still uh, kind of sometimes binary. And uh, the, the binary thinking is a defense mechanism. In order, it's, it's mm. a very effective one, by the way. You split the, the unvariable parts into the other. Into so yeah, you yeah. split or you sorry you um uh, project you project you project, you project the unbearable parts into other other who are not you so I'm the good mm. yes so this is the mechanisms it's very effective it has a very severe price usually but I 
that is maybe the 25%. Sometimes I feel that I need protection. So in a way, I cannot do the full process now. In this time, I cannot do a full awareness process. I'm, I'm, I'm aware that it's still dangerous to do it. And so mm-hmm. I'm 25% of not doing it. I know I, I know I, I can see it. And uh, again, mm-hmm. it's very undeveloped, undeveloped um, parts. Yes, to, to do a splitting, it's undeveloped. Uh, Melanie Klein, which I love, she's a psychotherapist. Um, she sp- she speaks about two um, mental states. And uh, one is the ability to integrate. This is the high one, to integrate between things. It's not this or this. It's both. It's together. It can be this and this. And uh, this is a higher mental state and mental and emotional state of mind. And once people once people are in an anxiety, they do to go to um, less developed mechanism, like splitting. So they cannot cope and process it right now. They cannot. So they split it away from themselves and I guess I do it I still do it too with the awareness with the tools I feel that uh, I cannot uh, let go of all the the protect the defense mechanism I need them some I need them now still because I'm still in the the event is here (laughs) it's still happening but I I so thank you for 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 reflecting me that maybe I do it too right now. The binary thinking, yoga is the opposite, is the ability to, as you say, the ability to see you as a whole with all the parts and the the good ones, the dangerous ones, the scary ones. Um, and to, to, to look at it just without judgment, to accept it. I feel that... I can do it just in 75% right now uh, because I'm not in a higher state of, I didn't arrive there yet. And I, uh, you offered me to, to speak with your friend who is from, who is Palestinian, right? In the beginning when you, mm-hmm. it was an idea. And before uh, October 7th, I would love to do it. I would love to do it. Uh, of course, to listen to someone who think and have different narrative than me. Uh, and to, he, to, to, to hear his story, to be curious about his story, to, to be able to be empathy, to give him empathy, to, 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 to hear, to feel, to be together in this in this, and I feel that I am not capable yet to, to do it again right now. And maybe again, this is the um, undeveloped a defense mechanism that I'm not yet there yet. I cannot do integration right now, even with my in, with my parts. So not yet with others. Although, it's interesting. I. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I thought you were finished. Go ahead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. So 
Yeah, I want to be, this is one of those areas to tread very sensitively because, so we're speaking the same language of um, sort of fragmentation and integration. And I, I, and so when I shared what I shared about yoga, I'm speaking more from the 30,000 foot view full picture, um, which is a privileged position of being here in the, in, in away from the conflict. Um, and now whether this is a, a, a war that is taking place that we find ourselves in, or it feels like an emotional war that we're in, so any kind of heartbreak, um, any type of grief, et cetera, we, just because we know the end point, we still start at the starting point. And when, if we were to bypass to a per, per to a prematurely to a perspective of integration before we get to fully feel the pain, then there's, then, then we're actually doing more damage by um, not letting it process. So that's one side. So I want to be, I want to be really present here for a moment to the nuance of this process, because I think it's kind of at the heart of the entire journey. And so there's one version of this, what it could look like that we could come into it without any notion of integration and just be completely enmeshed in the narrative, in the story, and the self-identity with the emotion itself, and collapse into the suffering of that experience. And there is then another polarity to that, where we can then go into the seeing of nuance and holding a more peaceful, resolved version of the experience, um, without getting to feel the pain. And so if we were to try to find a more skillful means to navigate these sorts of processes, as I understand it at the current evolution of my own consciousness, that's my um, disclaimer, it would be to, to the best of our ability in any given moment or situation find the capacity to be with it without being it, to give space to feel what I'm feeling, to not hit the fast forward button and rush that process before we're genuinely ready to. I actually think it's incredible that you were able to say, I'm not there yet, or I still hold these parts of me in these spaces. So I don't say it as a judgment or a repudiation, more of a clarification of the entire concept of what yoga is. Now, given that, we can then enter into the journey of that experience and and say, this is one of the gifts of time, is that it gives us the time to be with the experience that we're having and let it move through us in service of its its ultimately ultimate release and integration of that part of ourselves. The tendency to compartmentalize what is too big for us to process and do it in baby chunks to essentially titrate that process to move in and back out to pendulate that process is so vital to the intention of integration. So it's not a boom, we're integrated and, and, uh, or I'm just getting pulled under. And so it's like finding enough support to call in capacity to, process and metabolize we need to we need to metabolize the experience that we're having and so um yeah having that sort of 
<laughs> that blend of, of the philosophical and the psychological and let them start to commingle with one another um, really is the process. So as I, as I hold it and understand it. And so um, I wanted to shape a little more maybe detail in, in that environment. And, and I agree that what remains unmetabolized, if we only, if we only fragment and then we go, okay, that's my new status quo. That's what I've normalized. Then, then that's living in a, in a, in the suppressed and, and repressed space and that will get projected. And so we, we want to find this nuance where we can validate it without staying there and know that we're still working on it simultaneously. So again, there is a gap between the mind and the heart. There is a, still a gap because I agree. I, I, I think it's so important to understand our situation collectively and personally right now. I'm broken. I, I'm not integrated, <laughs> internally integrated right now. And I guess both sides are in the same situation, so tough situation, um, emotionally, mentally, physically. So the environment here is, again, tough. But uh, so I know, I, I feel it. Again, I feel it. It's even stronger than words. And I know that the tragedy now is, is it's a general tragedy. It's, it's so, it's so sad. It's so sad. It's, I want to cry. Um, it's, it's we a tragedy. Can. We can, that's true. I, it's, it's sad. I think about so many mothers who lost their kids in both sides. It's crazy. It's so, and, Again, I am, we are, you know, we, we have all many voices in our, in our heads of maybe there is a bigger interest that we are just a chuck mat. I don't know. They are, they are, they are there. I must say they are there, but you don't understand what's going on. It's too crazy, too much. What a regression of humanity. In 2023, mm. I gave so much more credit to humanity. So what a regression. Um, and it's very sad. And um, so I know too, I, I feel it. Again, I feel it too. And I'm there. I don't know what to do. I have no solutions. I I just feel it and I'm very sad about it. I and again, I can speak about leadership uh, here, which is so not 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 function as a container um, all over the world right now. So again, I'm not sure, and maybe it's not this conversation to speak about interest, but I feel there are so many interests around. And we need to protect ourselves from the, these two. So there are so many more noises here in this tragedy. And uh, right now, I feel that I, my 
capacity is to be in in those feelings, just to feel it and to be here and to give it to give a space, as you said, to give a space to to understand that this is it and to respect this sadness it's it and disappointment and um and my broken heart. I just, I can feel it. I can observe it. And mm-hmm. I, even again, I, I think words cannot describe it. I, you just, you just feel it like that. And um, right now I'm trying again to help myself with some tools to, to, to manage, to manage life. Mm-hmm. In this situation crazy and difficult situation and sad situation and to give other people to again some tools that will enable them them to continue and to 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 function in a way in this tough context and can you share some of the tools can we get into that a little bit if that does that feel yeah, in course. reach in this moment and I'm happy to like we can talk about them we can also do them if like if if talking about this brings things up and I am always present and available for hey let's take a time out yeah sit up tall yeah and so take a few breaths yeah definitely so you can we can bring our left hands to the heart and right hand to the stomach and let's breathe inhale while inhaling let the air enter the body and while exhaling think into the ground or chair inhale Spread the chest. Meanwhile, exhale slowly. Think more. And let's bring our attention to the breath. Let's bring our awareness to the feeling of the um, legs touching the ground, feeling the stable grounds beneath us. Feel Feel that something, there is something to hold us so we cannot really fall. The ground is stable, it's here. Relax the face, relax the shoulders.
Maybe notice where is our mind right now? What is there? And if we see something without judgment, we can say hello to everything that comes. And when it will be ready, it will continue and leave our body or mind. Maybe it's an opportunity to tell ourselves something nice Something soft. To acknowledge our effort, our intentions. And slowly and gently can open our eyes when we are ready. Thank you, Noah. That was so powerful. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, to know that that ground is always already here and it is actually us like that is the ground of being mm -hmm. it's so powerful and yeah I, it's really at the heart of me reaching out to you is just being so curious of, about how these practices can show up in these moments and these places do they just go out the window or do they mean even more and um and and so when you're working with, um, yeah, just with human beings at various points of this journey and various relationships to the conflict, what are the tools that you have found to be the most helpful? Um, a very popular word right now is resilience how to develop resilience. In this tough context, you need resilience to survive. And there is a model which I like. Maybe I'll, I will send it to you. I'm sure it's in English too. It's uh, someone in Israel um, who deal, dealt with trauma a lot, develop it. And uh, he gave some factor that can build resilience and help people to cope. Um, of course, first the first one is physical, the physical element of doing or sport or yoga, something with the body. Um, this is the first one. The other one is a social network which can support, so again, even community and sharing your experience. So thank you again for letting me share my experience. It's so 
important to to share it to communicate it so people will be able to see you your your um, fragile state of mind your fragile situation um, so he give list of some things that can build resilience one of them again is even the spiritual aspect to give reason to people sometimes they, they believe they believe that there is reason for everything and there, there is lesson in everything even in such a difficult times time there is something that we need to learn and take and improve um, so he give list of things which I like to share with people so they they know that they can even the list sometimes it's organized your anxiety and it gives you some guidelines of how can I build my resilience so it's give the the responsibility back to you bring it back the sense of control yeah so it's I like it um, what is the name of Model. Uh, the name in Hebrew is Gesher Me'ached, which is it's the name of the uh, the first letter of every every um, aspect. Uh, I, I will share it with you, and maybe you can put it on your site or I can put it. Yeah, I can put it with the the show notes. So if um, yeah, folks are listening to the the podcast, I'll make sure they're in this summary in case they want to read about it. And mm-hmm. it's funny in last night we were in our 300 hour teacher training and we're discussing somatic healing practices. So we were working from some trauma texts and trauma tools and really looking at, at body and breath and things like tapping, shaking, mm-hmm. um, falling out breath the nose out through the mouth um long longer duration exhales like four count in six or eight count um doing some alternate nostril breathing um doing some some breath retentions different eye movement practices not only things like but um like tracing the um the movement of the arms with just the eyes um there's some like massages that you can access like the root of the vagus nerve um relaxing like progressive relaxations in areas we tend to clench like the jaw the eyes the throat the shoulders um the belly the pelvic floor um you know so uh, feeling ground even like tapping the ground with our hands yeah we call it crocodiles like a downward facing so then where your front body is on the earth and it grounds all the currents and um, these things that are like largely non-intellectual processes to just support you being able to finally soften, settle, open, feel safe in your body and know that in, in this moment, to the degree that it's true, I'm safe in this moment and get really microscopic with it and and I love the social component we were speaking about the need for co-regulation and you know when I don't have access to my ground can I be with somebody who does and 
And so these are, these are such profound tools. Um, and I, I'm so grateful. Like I want to circle back to something you shared on the phone and at the beginning of the podcast today, which is that some of these tools, um, that you've gleaned through yoga are showing up at this moment in this place. And it's like, it's after we spoke, I, it was one of these moments where I, I, I had tears in my eyes and wow. I called my, my kids and I was like, guys, like the, the work that I've been doing is like showing up in these spaces through the like vessel of this incredible human. And it's like what you're doing, Noah, like, and it, it's, taking these teachings, these tools, these practices, not only from yoga, but from the various spaces that you are curating them and just giving them it wherever they're needed is, I, I just want to like deep bow to you and to your heart and all you're moving through as a human, as a mother, um, and still showing up in service the way that you are is it, it, it is absolutely the medicine. If we could just multiply you and proliferate that consciousness into those, those interests, as you said, and it gets, it's chaotic and it's confusing. And, um, and so thank you. Thank you for being you, for sharing your gifts. And I, I am curious about um, to maybe drive this conversation into some of those spaces Um do you hold the Israel-Palestine conflict, war, whatever you want to call, whatever label we want to stick on it? You know, some people frame that as a, it's a holy war. Some people say, no, nah, that, that's not it. It's a, it's a territorial dispute. It's about land. Like, given your proximity, being born and raised in Israel, you know, miles away from Palestine, you're like what what is this about like it's been going on so long like from your perspective what is it about i'm not sure it's one thing that you can and i'm not sure it's again there are many groups with different interests and with different agenda right now and this is different again i'm not sure Right now, it's the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. This is not, I'm not sure this is about it. Hamas is, um, that's, you know, conflict you can solve. This is my belief. Conflict you can solve. You have the tools to solve. You have to listen to the other side. You have them to let them understand your side and to compromise and to speak. In the end, after, you know, you go through all the process, Conflict can be solved. Here, it's different. That is my feeling. And this was part of the shock. It's not about territory. By the way, Gaza is, is an example. Again, Israel got... It's not about territory because Israel just... In 2005, again, I'm not a politician and I'm not a, such a political person, but in 2005, Israel got out of Gaza. In order, it was once the first step of the vision of two states to two people, which I believed. I really believe, I think every people need their homeland to feel safe, to celebrate their culture, uh, to be able to 
to build something and to have a vision. And this was the first, in 2005, it was the first step. So again, and I remember myself then, back then, with Rabin and Sharon, and I argue, I demonstrate for this. Uh, to I withdraw. Had to, yeah, to withdraw. And I was mm -hmm. arguing even with people from Israel. I, I was thinking this is the right thing to do, to, to let and to, to do the first step toward this vision. So maybe it will be a solution and will make this crazy area more peaceful. And I really believe in it. And Hamas, it's a tragedy, by the way, for the Palestinians too. So again, we are not talking right now. I don't feel we talk about the, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. It's something different. Hamas is a terror uh, organization which do not want to compromise or do not, he wants to kill. This is his agenda. He's, he, this is agenda killing. And on October 7th, that's what happened. He just killed everybody, babies, women, families. And it was a, a massacre. Like I learned this English word then. I didn't know it. Mm. Massacre. Yes, so it was a pure massacre without any agenda, just killing. And this was so shocking. And this was so, wow, pure evil. So with, it's not about territory, just doesn't want Israel to exist at all. And he wants to kill people because they are Jewish. That's it. And with this, you cannot work with and the tragedy of the Palestinians there is that they really use them. So they hide in kindergarten, in schools, and it's, it's such a challenge. I must tell you, um, again, I guess you will not hear about it in the news, but my brother was there and he said, what a challenge. I need to, we need to risk ourselves in order not to try not to damage people who are it so it's literally it, the easier way is to to they really do try not to them but it's very it's almost impossible because everything is behind schools behind kindergartens use the populations there it's a tragedy i feel that in a way um the the western mission not israel mission is to to free gaza from hamas really it's it's not about uh, the conflict there i that is my feeling again conflict you can solve you can speak and solve and sit and maybe it it will take you here it's pure evil uh, people who use civils and use people and it's, this is a tragedy. I, I feel so sorry for the Palestine too, the Palestinian people who need to, to, it's crazy. I feel sad. I feel it's a tragedy. So again, I'm not sure it's about the conflict. Um, there was a plan, in, and now I'm going back to the conflict. There is a plan. Um, um, 
I think there was something on the table a couple of times. And um, I feel leaders, the leaders from both sides do not have the, the right, even motivation to solve the problem and to sit. And maybe, yeah. again, this is a tragedy. I feel the gap between both people and the leadership, both sides. It's so huge. Um, yeah. So again, I have, I can explain you about the conflict. I feel that October 7, it's not about a conflict. Uh, it's not about, there is nothing to do with terror organization they want to, that wants to kill you. And this is so frustrated. And uh, this is terrible. It's a tragedy. And again, I think behind countries like Iran and China and da 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 use use even this organization and the people it's so again it's it's a it's such a tragedy it's so sad and the, I, I just I don't know if you saw the film Nova it's in, on Netflix it's a documentary <laughs> film from the phone of both sides of the people who were in the in the party and from the terror phone, mobile phone they took. It's amazing to see it. But um, definitely watch that. It's um. It's called Novia. Thank you for sharing. So yeah, it's not thank you for sharing. How you yeah. So even to explain about the conflict, which is complicated too, but I feel with the right leadership in both sides, it can be solved. In Hamas, it's mm-hmm. different. Hamas is different. Is it's again? By the way, in Gaza, even now, once the the one hundred thirty six people will be back immediately, everything will stop. So, um, I and my by the way, maybe it's my responsibility responsibility to to reflect for the last twenty years. From Gaza, there are hundreds of rockets toward Israel. This is normal. This is like this is happening all the time, which is crazy. Just imagine. I tried to explain in Jupiter to a friend of mine. Imagine Rialto. I used to live in Rialto, in the neighborhood called Rialto, which is so mm-hmm. beautiful. Imagine a rocket just fall on the neighborhood. It is crazy, and sometimes people. Imagine this area as a desert. No, I f- I live now in a neighborhood look that looks like Rialto. That just imagine what happened just nearby the kids and the yellow buses. So this is this is happening all the time during the last twenty years. Um, people in the south have fifty seconds, fifteen sorry, fifteen one five second to go to the shelter. And they experienced it hundreds of times for the last 20 years. And um, during the last five months, it's happened here in, in all the all over the country. And again, my my son checking the application if we are close or we are far from, which is crazy. So again, the contest is crazy. I I don't know. Again, maybe the, the general 
sentence is that I gave so much more credit in 2023 to humanity. And, ah, oh, wow, wow. So, so it's complex and uh, maybe it's, it's a, interesting. It's, yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, it's a, it's, it's such so a long session to conflict. But again, October 7th is not about a conflict. I think people need to understand it. And by the way, everything is so tiny here. I, maybe I told you, I, we had a guest from Tequesta, just near Jupiter, of a friend of my daughter uh, from high school and her mother. They came just a month before everything was happening. And she was shocked to see how tiny everything. So from the river to the sea, I have the sea is 12 minutes from my house and the, and the border is 12 minutes from my house. So just imagine it's 25, mi 25 minutes from east to west in, in this point, in this line, 25 literally. And so everything, so Gaza is uh, one and a half, maybe less than one and a half hour from here. And this is far away. Yes, yeah? so we feel safe here, but it's very close. It's it's from Jupiter to uh, Miami, maybe less. Yeah. Especially when we, when we think about the risk of the escalation of conflict into a broader regional war. And, you know, and, and Scott, I want I to mean, show it's, you. It's I want to so show you. I told you I'm in the shelter. I, I have a cans yeah. of food. It's just in case of something happening. So this is the state of mind that maybe can, something can develop from the north, from Lebanon. And mm -hmm. yes, it's crazy, right? So it, it's, it, it's unfathomable. I would, you know, from, again, the perspective of living in a, in a safe way which is what we should all aim and hope for i and so i'm I'm taking in what you're saying and taking it, it it's hard to know i was having a conversation with my son yesterday we were listening to um a podcast interview of one of our presidential candidates robert f kennedy jr um being interviewed by dave smith who's a um pretty much like a staunch libertarian um and so non-interventionist philosophy and he's asking rfk like you you're like get let's get out of ukraine we never should have went into iraq afghanistan was a mess why is your policy this way everywhere except for israel what's what is so different about this and they were going back and forth and every time one of them would speak my experience was, I was like, man, that's a good, that's a good point. Well, that's a good point. And there's so many layers and, and to this, that it looks one way on the surface, but you, the, it's hard to know what information is, is actually true and real and having friends that are Palestinian, having friends that are Israeli and listening to their experiences and really trying to genuinely understand what is the, at the core of the perspective. And I wanted to share a few comprehensions around it, offer it up for your reflection and insight, if that's okay. Of course. So without doing the whole going, going back, 
you know, 2000 years and um, et cetera, and, and going through the Ottoman empire and then British occupation and UN carves out this, you know, piece of land goes to Israel, you know, I think it's like 56% or 53% of the territory. And um, there's been, uh, you know, that what is, you know, Gaza, West Bank, East Jerusalem, shifting hands, different countries responsible for sort of, you know, controlling, they never had their own sovereignty as being a nation. It's just the Palestinian territory, the Palestinian people um, for generations have been in, in indigenous to this land um, and, and not just um, people that are Muslims, but Muslims, Christians, Jews, the varying faiths sharing this land um, going in, you know, through the period of um, what might be referred to as the Nakba, like to all these different, like contentious, the, the, the six day war, like, and fast forward through all of this, space and i think about um what was the status quo from let's just take um the last 20 years and so so israel withdraws from gaza and um and by some accounts i hear that that withdrawal was like and we left with greenhouses and um capacity for like your own running water and this freedom to like create um, from that. But then I hear from Gazans a different story that water, that access alone, seaports, airports is restricted, that water is restricted, that food is restricted, that, you know, what you can do, where you can go, go um, the, that's restricted, the settlements into the West Bank, the mowing the lawn um, in, in, um, you know, population control, um, that, that it's hard for me to see 10, seven as like arising in a vacuum, um, where I imagine like what was, what has been the plight of the Palestinian people, um, that even gave rise to wanting to put Hamas in power. Well, you know, that was a vote that, you know, they chose to do that. And, and if you're under that kind of, you know, whether it's oppression, occupation, um, open air prison, all the different things that we hear about that experience, you could understand, especially if when, we, when we're talking about like young men that are sometimes committing these atrocities. Well, if, if they're 18, 19, 20, this is all they've ever known, and they probably have family members that have died. And it's like, you can understand the radicalization. And then, so then I go to this, like, okay, like, wow, I can understand why, like somebody just doesn't want to like launch a missile. There's a reason they want to launch a missile. And then I can understand on the Israeli side of going like, yeah, no, we need this iron dome. We're trying to be diplomatic. We're, we're, we're letting you know an area before we send a, a bomb in, but then um, you know, before we bomb it, like Israel is doing that. They're saying like, go out of this area, we're about to bomb mm-hmm. it. And then, but I also see refugee camps getting bombed. I see a, a, a response of 30,000 people um, being killed, 12,000 children, 20,000 of them orphaned. I see unbearable pain, I, I, a complete destruction of every building and then i understand the response well they're hiding underneath 
these buildings. But then I've also seen like, no, they weren't actually doing that. And then it's, yes, they were. And then, and then, and then so I hear all of this information, right. And, and you kind of go like, like you're watching a tennis match and, and trying to make sense of it. And, and I come back to the human level and it's like, guys, like, what are we doing? Like, like, like I, 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 given everything. And then, and then it kind of goes to a very similar argument, which is we have to do this because they want to exterminate us or they don't want to let us live in freedom. And so there's the justification seems to be, well, if we don't fight back, they'll continue to oppress us. If it was the case of the Palestinians or if it's the case of the Israelis, if we don't do this, then the, then in the form of Hamas or whatever terrorist group will come in and try to extinguish Jews from the face of the earth. It's in there. It's in Hamas's charter, that, that whole piece. And so then you hear the call for a ceasefire. And, and so I was, you know, thinking about this and, and saying, okay, well, if, if both sides agree that the other side is actually committed to perpetrating violence upon them, if there was a ceasefire, uh, or I'm sorry, if, if then, then ultimately you could do that sort of in stages. Um, and, and then I, and like, and I heard you say, like, if, if they would return the hostages, this would end. But I know there was a call for a ceasefire by Hamas that just yesterday, Bibi Netanyahu rejected the ceasefire, even given that it was going to, to include, um, in terms of the hostages, all the women, all the elders, anybody sick and any, any child would all be returned for any women and children, Palestinian prisoners. And then there would be stages through that. And his point in the rejection of it was like, no, um, because like we actually need to get rid of this threat and I and I've heard a few people say this point around the rejection of ceasefire, which I think is is it seems to be valid, and and it's um, it can be it, it's used as a leverage to regroup. So if Hamas is at like fifty percent power right now, and then there's a ceasefire, well then there's a build back up, and it's just a buying time tactic, and then we're back into the same cycle. So like, how do you remove the threat once and for all if the threat is to try to extinguish you? And, and your right to exist. And, and so I can understand that. And then, and then I go back to this last piece that I wanted to share before getting your thoughts, which is like, it all seems so <laughs> unnecessary. I don't mean to say that in a sort of like cheapened way, but it doesn't even seem to me like it's a battle between Israel in Palestine, it feels more like it's an agreement or an, an alignment between Israeli leadership and Hamas, or maybe it's Iran and it's the proxy and Hamas is the proxy. But this sense of like, we agree that we want to annihilate each other. We're operating in this low spectrum of consciousness. And so when at the highest centers of power is the lowest function of consciousness and if we could raise the consciousness to the degree that, that the people that are developing higher consciousness were engaging and going into spaces of power and then meeting somebody on the other side of a different territory, and they were the ones negotiating the peace treaties, would we have different outcomes? 
And so that's just a little of a like, blah, there was a lot there, but it from the outside seeing you know, being here in, in the U S and trying to make sense of it and, and seeing what are we doing to our children? Like we can, the Palestinians are, I don't, I, you know, I don't want to deny someone's lived experience, but it's hard to, you know, at the, at, at the, in the name of honoring our ethnicity gets so trapped in it that we use it as justification to end somebody else's life. Gaza is a tragedy. Gaza is a real, real, real tragedy. I feel so sorry for the people um, there. I feel that, that I remember myself 30 years ago, I was for the first time in Gaza beaches. It was so romantic. It was amazing to see mm. the beaches. So the potential is so huge. And um, I feel that, again, again, I'm not a politician. I don't know enough. I, and I'm not, I, again, my belief if, if leaders from both sides want, they can sit and solve problems. It's, we know it, right, Scott? It's so easy if you want. If you want to solve something, even if it's complicated, you will solve it. Um, right. Uh, the solutions in the mix. But if, the, if somebody is committed to, it, to not having that. Yeah. So, and I feel, I feel again that. The Gaza story is a tragedy. By the way, the, the Gaza has a border with Egypt. So again, potentially something something could develop. Israel just saw that it was too much for to, to, to be there. The price was so high. People were died from and it was it it we we need to find in internally Israel to go outside from this place, but it it has the potential. This is the tragedy. It has such a potential with good leadership. And uh, um, I feel it's so much money go there, so much money. And if you see, again, mm-hmm. my brothers told me it's kilometers of tunnels or with weapons, with bombs. So they invest so much money to to do that to do that instead of build build something which again with vision i i feel so sorry for the kids that it's a tragedy because if their leadership had a vision of building something good uh, and again receive help uh, i i don't know enough about the right i know that the, the egyptian don't want gaza to be open to it. Again, this is tragedy. Nobody wants Gaza, but nobody knows how to solve this problem or how to help. And again, maybe I I don't have a solution. I just feel that this is a tragedy that if people would want to solve it together, it's it's possible. Um, it's a tragedy. I'm sad to see Kids, I cannot see it. I'm trying not to see it because I cannot see it. Um, it's too pain. 
it's 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 very very it's so sad and on the other hand as you said like now the educate like now people in Gaza who are controlled by Hamas they their agenda is killing so what what a challenge what a what a challenge to build in this and 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 it's in these conditions which and I cannot explain it and I cannot understand it really and it's it's very sad I I feel that it's a, it's a shame that there is no leadership that have good vision to this place and to those kids um and nobody want them it's it's No, maybe again, maybe here the West, the West can come and help uh, to build a vision, to give sanction to the bad and to give uh, rewards to, to good things to do. Um, I, the potential, it can be like Singapore, like theoretically, like the, the, the condition, the beaches are so Yeah, I've heard there's there's bids going on. I don't know how much of this is true or not, but I heard there's bids going on already to make to build resorts. There. What do you think? Sorry. So, which is interesting because I've heard there's bids already to build resorts. Like they're. I like, hope they, so. Uh, I think those it can. Be, but in order to do it, you need a vision. And I feel there is no vision and no no one who will have now the vision, no leader, no leadership, no um, positive. Again, I think that Israel tried to strengthen the was like doing the by the way, doing the as I told you the, the situation is Israel need to respond I can tell you in all the wars by the way Israel never start a war never it always has to respond to something even to Gaza it's as I described to you I all the time there are missiles from there so rockets from there hundreds again I don't know I have no solution because it's a problem it's and it, it's it's a sad problem. And I felt so I feel so sorry for the people in Gaza, for the women, for the children, for the for the for the good people who want to live, who want just to live, and I think they deserve the best. Uh, if you if you have a solution, I think it's it's our duty to find a solution. But right mm-hmm. now the again, it's a terror nest. It's a terror nest with thousands of kilometers of tunnels with weapons, with bombs, with rockets and right what could have been built instead of all of that and and so let's go to solution for a moment. I heard you say a little bit ago that you're in favor of a two-state solution um, and it's interesting I was talking to a friend of mine from Palestine. And he was advocating for the need for it to be a one-state solution. And he said, call it whatever you want. Call it Israel. I'm happy to have a passport that says Israel on it, as long as it's equal rights for everybody. 
and that even though there's Palestinians living in, in Israel, that they don't have the same rights. And I, I don't know anything about the, the details of this. Um, but what are your thoughts on one state versus two state? I, uh, I must explain that there are many Arabs in Israel. There are Israeli Arabs and uh, there are neighbors. It's like here, we have many, we are neighbors. Um, and of course, they have the same rights. They can vote, of course. So it's like, it's the same. And Your they, yeah. Of course. And the, uh, um, the West Bank is a problem too. It's a problem. Again, Israel, as, as I told you, Israel never started a war. Even then, is the, the, the Jordanian started a war back then in 67. And Israel mm-hmm. won and occupied a territory. This is the West Bank. And they, they never want it, really. So it's, again, Jordan doesn't want them. Israel doesn't really want this. And the, the, I think in this vacuum, terror organization enter. And... I'm, I'm not I'm not sure I'm the person to ask I don't know enough but mm. I feel that uh, I feel that the, sol- the only solution can be two states to to two people I feel that the, um, again maybe because the Israel is a is a, a Jewish state which again it's there is a tension here too. But this is the only solution, and the United Nations voted back then that Israel mm-hmm. has the right to to exist, and Britain divides the 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 territory between between the Palestinians and the Jewish side. I don't like to to use it, um, and Israel respect it until again the war started the other side started and the israel occupied again once you occupied in every country you are the one who who control this field but i i don't know i i don't i feel that the 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 only solution can be to um to count two states to, to, to for two people, but again, it's not obvious anymore. After Gaza, what happened in Gaza? People really, really scared about this situation because they said, okay, uh, maybe th- th- because there is no leadership, strong leadership, positive leadership, maybe tomorrow we can find ourselves just near Iran. So there is a there is a fear here. I hear those voices that say, no, we cannot let this happen. Again, uh, I think, mm-hmm. I think, I think uh, you have to come because, because it's so tiny. I, I'm against, again, I want to, to give this, this area 
to, back to the Palestinians, so they will control. But if you will see the geographically condition, you will see that 20 minutes from Tel Aviv, mm -hmm. you will see the West Bank and it's on the mountain. So you sit there and you see all the countries, three, 180 degrees of the countries. So, and it's 20 minutes. So you see, you see everything. So just imagine, and, and again, I'm not such a, <laughs> I'm not a military general who can, but just imagine people, bad people, bad interests people we uh, people with bad interests sit there and control all the country and just imagine the situation from gaza with rockets so it's 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 scary too so i understand the people who scared but i feel that we need to give chance again gaza was a chance gaza was example to, to give a chance and it's failed many people said you cannot do it again because it will be it will fail. I personally want to believe that we need to give chance. We have no choice. There is no other solution. And I had enough from this conflict. I feel that both sides pay such a crazy price. And it's so sad. What a tragedy of so many young people who didn't come back to their families, to their children. And it's, it's not fair. So... I think the, the only option is a hope. I wish for a better leadership, leadership with a vision. This area can be a paradise uh, if you think economically of corporations, of, of uh, I don't know, building, building vision together. It can be heaven. And it's very sad. It's a tragedy that interest of money of weapon industry in in enter this conflict too and again i'm not sure some now i'm Absolutely. not sure more there is interest for peace i think it's not popular anymore and then this is very sad even the, the word peace is almost disappeared like uh, and you know i remember myself as a kid yeah. We used to sing for peace. We have so many songs about peace, the peace that will come. Uh, I send you the song, let it be, let the peace come. Um, so it was, a, it was something to, to desire for. It was a, like, it was a dream. It was a vision. And I feel that uh, the leadership right now do not use it anymore as a vision, as a plan. And again, the Do you see that in, in when you say the leadership? I, I know you feel that way about um, Hamas. Do you, do you, is that inclusive of Israeli leadership as well when you say that, or are you seeing it more on the Palestinian side? Definitely. Both sides, both sides right now are, has no vision, has no, a real plan. Um, I didn't vote for this government. I don't like it. Um, I demonstrate for the last year for the Supreme Court rights, and we start, we try hard to to protect our democracy. This is the activism that I mentioned. 
I feel the duty to be part of this, to, to protect the democracy and our dem democratic state's principles, mechanism, uh, which allowed us to improve ourselves, to judge ourselves, to, to make sure we are in the right direction. And so it's, it's a challenge to, uh, I mean, by saying leadership, I mean to both sides. Um, but again, I feel that October 7th is something completely different. I, I, I feel it on the side because, and that's why, you know, people here, the social situation during the last year was so tough here, internal, in, inside Israel. People who, who um, want to protect the Supreme Court and people who do not. And um, on October 7th, it was such a shock and life. The feeling was the life, that there is a life danger, life risk. So everybody were together. And the people here, the people, not like the leadership, are amazing. So many gestures of togetherness and uh, help and, um, and compassion. So, again, I feel maybe there is a hope. The people in both sides, I think they need to bring the change to actively, this is my duty, to actively do good things, spread lights, spread light, um, actively, to be active. We have our duty to be active in the, that. And I hope from the people in both sides, the change will arrive. This is uh, right now, as I see the leadership, this is the only option. I'm say, I, it's sad to say that, but uh, this is his reality. Um, Thank you so much for sharing your vision and, and your heart. And I wanted to first just take a deep breath and receive everything you just said. And um, wow. you know, I to close, if there is something from your heart as a human, a woman, a mother, wife, all the things, sister, daughter, everything that you are um, and being Israeli, as if, if, as if you were given a microphone to speak for, not that you, everybody's in agreement, but if your voice could come through as the voice of the Israeli people for people that are living in Gaza, for the Palestinians, and you could, you could send a message that's not coming through the leadership of Israel, but from one human to another, what would your message be? First, I think about you. I think of you. I see you. Um, I want a good future for you. I think you deserve a good future for you, for your kids. Um, and you deserve a leadership that will give you um, everything you need and a good vision to strive for. And um, I wish we could one day sit 
and with no borders, but this is again, wow, it's, but I wish for that. I wish for that. Maybe more women need to be involved. I feel the world needs soft energy and more containing and less splitting and more integrating um, people who will be able to contain both side pain and speak and have a built good vision for for everybody really I think it's possible and I feel very painful for your pain and I want to say that and I sent I sent you um, warm wishes and warm and softness to to protect you from all the crazy context we are all experiencing right now. And I hope uh, if I can give someone a tool, tools, practical tools, I'm available and I would love to give anybody. And I see you and I see your pain and it's very... It's a shame that you need to go through it too and that there are no leaders to stop everything and to take responsibility for our future and for our kids' future. We deserve better leadership and I hope we'll, we'll find the energy and power to, to fight for that, for better leadership, better future. And... That's it. Thank you. Thank you for the work that you are doing to heal your own heart, first and foremost, um, and to show up in, in the way that you are, your loved ones, um, in your community, um, and just in this world, the, the way that you are present um, with a soft heart amidst, amidst a very hard time is deeply inspiring. And I'm grateful that you are in my life and I'm grateful for you being here today and sharing your, your heart, your perspectives, your journey and your hopes and, and dreams and, and your inspired vision for uh, a more conscious leadership and may may that be so may we may we all call that in and and maybe it is a ground up grassroots you know from from the people but it does feel like yeah as soon as we give up hope and we stop using the word peace and we stop singing for peace and praying for peace and calling in peace then you know then 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 there is that vacuum and and so thank you for keeping that light on in your heart. And I know that's so core to the Jewish tradition, you know, and, and so I see you as a testament to your faith. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. I respect you. And I'm, I'm grateful and appreciative for you, Noah. Thank you, thank you so for joining much, me. Folks, even for enabling me to speak in this time. And uh, thank you for your inspiration and your and the tool that you gave me, and again, as I said, your inspiration influence here and arrived to so many people that need it right now. And it's 
it's it's real so thank you that's there's no words for for that feeling that ripple effect is real and I'm, I'm, I'm grateful and I, I know I'm on the receiving end of it as well. And, and I'm grateful to, to my teachers and the people that have come from all these healing traditions. And, and so, you know, thank you to everybody for listening and tuning in and supporting this podcast, because that is the, the hope for it is to continue to take healing tools and, and, and explore what it would be like to bring them into the context where they're, deeply lacking and deeply needed and start to make a movement move in that direction. So to be on the podcast, to be listening to it in whatever way you're connecting, thank you for being part of this vision. And um, until next time. Until next time. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, my dear.